a reading from Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. But righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word near you, on your lips, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and generous to all who call him, call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The word of the Lord. The Greek historian Herodotus wrote about the Battle of Marathon in 490 BC. In this battle, the Persians are invading Greece and the army of Athens is preparing to meet them. The Athenians, they are outnumbered and so they decide that they need to get help from some other Greek city-states. And with no email service, the best way to get that help was to send an important message by a runner. In Greek society, they had people, this is what their full-time job was, to run around the countryside from town to town, city to city, delivering messages to other people. And so Pheidippides gets tapped on the shoulder to go to Sparta and request aid. In under two days' time, he runs 150 miles from Athens to Sparta with this urgent message for help. Pheidippides, he's got to go as quickly as he can, right? He doesn't have any time to just sit around and take it easy. Everyone is counting on him. He gets there, he delivers a message. The Spartans tell him, we will help, but we have to wait six days until the next full moon. And this is because of various religious practices they had. And so Pheidippides, he turns around and he heads back to Athens to report what the Spartans had to say. And he delivers that the message, the message the Spartans will be there in six days. Again, the army of Athens, they need this information as they try to make decisions of how they're gonna to respond to the invading Persians. Now that they know that the Spartans won't be there in time to help them, they decide to attack when they see that they have an opportunity to do so and they have the advantage. And because of that, they're able to defeat the Persians and are victorious. Pheidippides, he does quite a bit of running um, over these few days to deliver those two messages, right? Aren't you thankful that we have cell phones today to communicate with one another? It's much easier. 
But being able to communicate and deliver news is extremely important, and people will go to great lengths to deliver important messages. As Christians, we have an important message to deliver, the message of salvation in Jesus. The act of sharing about that message of salvation with others is what we call evangelism. We tell the story of God's love made known to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Sin is taken care of and our relationship with God is restored. And this is good news, it is wonderful news. It's important news worth sharing with others. One of the challenges that I have, and I think that many Christians have, is, is that I don't always share this wonderful good news about Jesus with others. Our reading from Romans today can help us deal with some of the challenges, some of the obstacles to get in the way of us engaging in evangelism. And we're going to take a look at three such obstacles this morning. The first thing I'd like to draw your attention to from Paul's letter to the Romans is that Paul wants these Christians to know that the gospel message of Jesus is for everyone. It is not a private message for a select few, but for all people. Paul writes here in our passage, he says this, No one who believes in Jesus will be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all. He says God is generous to all who call on him. And then again, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus is for everyone. Paul highlights that idea here because the, in the first generation of Christians, they were wrestling with whether the fact was that Jesus was for everyone. They were wondering, is Jesus really for everyone in the world? Could non-Jews, Gentiles, receive salvation from a Jewish Messiah named Jesus? And Paul wants to say, yes, 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 yes. Jesus is for everyone. And that's important for us to remember when we think about evangelism. Because I think one of our obstacles with spreading the good news about Jesus is that we kind of believe that Jesus isn't for everyone. We have thoughts like these. We say, you know, I don't think she's really into Jesus, so I don't need to mention Jesus to her. Or we think things like, well, you know, he's kind of a jerk, and I don't really want to talk to him about anything, much less talk to him about Jesus. Or we play this game about, oh, who should I tell about to Jesus? Should I tell Jane or Tom or... Maybe Philip, but no, not Philip, maybe somebody else. Well, I'll think about it some more, and then once I decide who I'm going to talk to, then I'll tell them about Jesus. When the reality is this, do you know the person? Then you can tell them about Jesus, because Jesus is for everyone. Jews and non-Jews, those interested and not interested, jerks and non-jerks. There is no one that Jesus is not for. That's our first thing. Jesus is for everyone. A Romans passage, again, helps us with our second hang-up about evangelism. Paul goes through this cause-and-effect sequence in verses, 15, in verses 14 and 15. Everyone who calls on Jesus is saved. And then Paul goes on and he says, if that's the case, then how can people call on Jesus if they haven't believed in him? And they can't believe in Jesus until they've heard about him. And they can't hear unless when someone speaks about Jesus to them. And then lastly, how can someone speak the message unless they are sent? Pheidippides is sent with this message to the Spartans. He then speaks the message, they hear the message, and then they respond with what they will do. 
What needs to be emphasized here is that the first is the first step in that sequence. A person is sent. The word is not that a person needs to go. And this is very important. Because going implies that, that we are in charge, that we are the actors, that we are the one that has to generate the power to make things happen. But being sent means someone else is in charge and giving orders and generating the message. It's outside of us and beyond us. Paul does not see himself as a person with his own agency in this matter of evangelism. At the beginning of the letter, the very first thing that Paul says as he talks about who he is, he describes himself as a slave, as one set apart for the good news of God, and as one who is sent. For Paul, his work and identity are as a messenger of God. For Paul, he's somebody who's just following orders. Paul sees himself like Pheidippides. He is sent. He has to deliver the message. But God is the agent, the force, the power behind the message. And in our evangelism, we can forget this truth and think that it all depends upon us saying the right thing at the right time. And we need to remember and be reminded that we are people that are sent by God with the authority of God to deliver a message about Jesus. And that can give us comfort because that means we are not alone in our evangelism. We are sent on behalf of God to speak about Jesus and his love. Right? This isn't our message that we are sharing. It's God's message that we are speaking to the world. Our third obstacle is that we can sometimes think about evangelism is about getting someone to do something. We begin to think, well, evangelism is about trying to get people baptized or trying to get people to join the church or to say a prayer or on and on and on. We get, we get stuck thinking that we have to get somebody to do something. Paul says in verses 9 and 10, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. Paul emphasizes here the importance of faith and belief in someone becoming a Christian. A person believes that Jesus is Lord believes that he rose from the dead, and this belief puts this person in right relationship with God. A person's beliefs is something that they get to decide about. A person can believe that the world is flat, and you can't physically change their minds. You can persuade them, you can offer reasons, you could even use violence to get them to say certain words, but you can't make them believe it. Paul, nowhere in any of his writings or letters, talks about forcing people to become Christians. Jesus never makes anyone follow him. Jesus consistently invites people to follow him. Paul shares the good news about Jesus. He offers various arguments why someone should believe in Jesus, but he doesn't make anyone do it. And the reason is, is because he knows he can't. We can't force people to be Christians either. But sometimes we think, in our evangelism, we think that we are supposed to be doing exactly that, going out and making people follow Jesus. And that is not what we are expected to do. Pheidippides delivers the message to Sparta. He ran a long way. He, he hoped that they would come to the aid of his fellow citizens of Athens. But the Spartans chose not to. And that isn't on Pheidippides. 
He did his job. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, deliver the message. And he wasn't responsible for Sparta's choices. When we tell the good news of Jesus, we can trust that God is at work in the lives of the people we are talking to. And their responses to Jesus is between Jesus and them. Maybe they will come and follow Jesus, and maybe they won't. We are the messengers. Deliver the message. We go wrong when we think that we have to deliver the message about Jesus and then have to try to make the other person believe it. That is not what evangelism is. God is working in both the lives of the speaker of good news and the hearer of the good news. And evangelism is about trusting God and God's work in our lives and the lives of other people. And so this morning we can remember these three things. Jesus is for everyone, you and me and all the people we know. God sends you, sends you out with power to share the good news with other people. And lastly, you don't have to make anyone a follower of Jesus. That's God's job, and you don't need to try to do God's job. How beautiful are the feet of those who share good news. By remembering these truths, we get to be the people with pretty feet. Talking about Jesus and God's love and forgiveness of sins and letting other people know these things. We can be like Pheidippides, going into the world fully devoted to deliver our message. But the message we have to deliver is far more important. It isn't just about needing salvation from one advancing army. The message we deliver is, this, is about the salvation for the world that has been given to us in Jesus.